1: empty tomb on that first Easter morning represents the fulfilled promise of God to each of us as we celebrate Christ during Easter and throughout the year. Listen in today as Pastor Rander continues to explore the significance of the risen Christ in this message, he is not here, he is risen. He'll be speaking from Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 8. Now let's listen in. Then let's transition to the gospel defined the gospel defined. First Corinthians 15, 3 and 4 says, For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. This is the gospel defined, and is the heart of the gospel. After Paul's conversion, he shared what he believed and received about Christ. In Acts chapter 9, verses 3 through 5a, we have the conversion of Paul by Jesus. The scripture says in verse 3 of Acts chapter 9, As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, when God calls your name twice, you better watch out. One time is pretty good, but when he calls it twice, ooh, you better tremble, mm-hmm. Saul, Saul, while you persecuting me. And he said, "Who ooh, 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 you, Lord?" <laughs> then the Lord said, "I am Jesus." Wow, very person he was persecuting. He says, "I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, Saul." beloved to persecute the church is to persecute the Lord himself when someone persecutes you for standing for Christ for believing for Christ for shining for Christ they are actually persecuting Jesus himself beloved to persecute the church is is to persecute the Lord himself. Not long after Paul's conversion, the Lord sent Paul to Arabia where he was prepared for ministry by the Lord himself. He said, I want you to have some time to me. Get yourself down to Arabia. (laughs) Galatians chapter 1, verses 15 through 7 says, But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who are apostles before me. But I went to Arabia. There it is. And returned again to Damascus. God began to minister to Saul, who was converted to Paul in Arabia. He said, you gonna have some one on one time with me, you rascal. I got to deal with you first before the men start discipling you. You come down here. I'm just paraphrasing now. Let me deal with you and let me teach you some things and let me minister to you. I'm going to prepare you so that you are ready for ministry. In Acts 8, 9 through 17, Galatians 1, 18 through 19 and Galatians 2, 9, we also learn that Paul, after God had finished with him, was discipled by Ananias and the apostles. When Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 3, for I deliver to you first of all that which I also received, see that? He was referring to what he received from the Lord, the disciples, as well as the apostles, and all whom invested in Paul's spiritual life, which he in turn delivered to the Corinthian church. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3b, it says, Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures now this proves that Jesus had a real physical body it says he died for our sins as a matter of fact he was born to die if he did not die there would be no resurrection beloved you must believe in the death of Christ before you can be saved by him When Paul states, according to the scriptures, it is a reference to the scriptures that prophesied about the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Old Testament scriptures is replete and filled with prophecies concerning the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's look at a few of them. In Psalms 22, 1a, it says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Psalms 22, 7 and 8 says, all who see me Mock me, they hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts the Lord. Let him rescue Him, let him deliver him, since He delights in Him. Psalms 22:15 says, "My strength is dried up like partially, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. Prophesying about the cross, You lay me in dust of death. Psalms twenty two sixteen 16b says, they pierce my hands and my feet. Look at the prophecy. Psalms twenty two seventeen 17 and 18 says, I can count all my bones. People stare at me and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. Look at Isaiah 53, uh, 3 through 5. It says, he is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And he hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Look at those marvelous messianic verses as it relates to the coming Messiah who took our pain, suffering, and all the horrendous agonies of the cross that we would be saved from our sins. The Holy Scripture prophesied about the coming Messiah, his death, burial, and resurrection. Christ fulfills biblical prophecy with 100% accuracy, which validates that the Bible is true. It was prophesied thousands of years ago and yet came to fruition. Verse 4a says, and that he was buried. See that? The reason we know Jesus died is because he was buried. It is not normative to bury someone who is alive. Jesus was buried because he died a literal death in his physical body on the cross. Jesus did not faint. He said, how do you know he didn't faint? Well, the graphic scene of our Savior on the cross gave proof of his death. It was a graphic scene. He couldn't faint through all of that. He died through all of that. For example, his hands and feet were nailed to the cross. His side was pierced. A crown of thorns were placed on his head, and he bled profuse as he bled profusely. He experienced indescribable humiliation and pain as the perfect sacrificial lamb of God to take away the sins of all who would place their trust in him alone for salvation. Verse 4b also says, and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. Jesus rose. Being raised from the dead the third day is ultimate proof that he is our risen Savior and lives forever. Let me say it again. Jesus being raised from the dead the third day is ultimate proof that he is our risen Savior and he lives forever. How many believe that? Can you say amen? We transition now to the eyewitnesses. The eyewitnesses validates the resurrection. The eyewitnesses validates the resurrection. Jesus did not uh, just have a few witnesses to the resurrection. He had many eyewitnesses who saw the risen Savior. There are many New Testament passages that speaks of those who saw the resurrected Christ. Here are just a few references. In Matthew 28, 1 through 10, Jesus was seen by Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. Just jot the scripture references down. In Luke 24, 13 through 32, Jesus was seen by Cleopas and his traveling companion. In John 21, 1 through 14, the seven disciples by the sea saw Jesus. In Acts 1, 16 through 13, Jesus was seen by a number of his disciples at his ascension to heaven from Mount Olivet. Look at all these people looking at Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 15, 5, Jesus was seen by Cephas And then the 12 in verse 6 Jesus was seen by over 500 brethren believers at once 500 the the people say here people were having hallucinations how can 500 people have the same hallucination that's nonsense verse 7 he was seen by James then the other apostles in verses 8 and 9 he was seen by Paul who considered himself the least of the apostles because he persecuted the church of the living God Look at all of those eyewitnesses in any uh, dramatic uh, court of law to any extent. Y- you always have eyewitnesses to the account. They don't want that she said, he said stuff. Tell me what you saw. Tell me what you heard. Tell me what you experienced. And they saw him and they saw him. One saw him. Two saw him. Uh, Eleven saw him. Many saw him. When Paul says he was the least of all he was remembering the vivid account of the brutal, vicious attacks and persecution against the church and believers because he murdered and threw many believers in jail. He was ruthless. He was diabolical. He was demonic. Also, when he says in 1 Corinthians fifteen eight b, as one born out of due time, he spoke of an untimely birth, which usually refers to a premature birth or a miscarriage, but here it is depicting Jesus' sudden and abrupt arresting by Paul's life by the Lord Jesus himself for our Lord's own divine purposes. Paul was not one of the original apostles in the earthly ministry of Jesus. He was not one of the 12. He came on the scene years after the resurrection and ascension of Jesus, and I myself can identify with Paul. When I consider my own personal weaknesses, my own personal sins, and my own personal failures, I tell you, I don't have a right to stand before you and preach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. I sure thank God for his grace because I'm not all of that. I'm a sinner saved by grace, and I too have to still confess my sins over and over and over again. I, too, am so unworthy to preach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, and I do preach it solely by the Lord's grace, only by the Lord's mercy, and only by his love. The church, the bride of Christ, is also living proof of the resurrection of Christ. The church is proof of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Matthew 16, 18 says, and I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. The church has been threatened. The church has been maligned. The church has been persecuted. The church has been jailed. The church has been scattered. And yet she is the most powerful living proof on earth before an onlooking world of the transforming power of Christ. When the church is the church, she is the most powerful Forced to be reckoned with on planet earth. And that's why Satan hates the church. He fights the church and he comes against the church with blazing fury because he knows what the the dynamic threat the church is to the kingdom of darkness. He hates the church. And by the way, he hates you because you are in the church. He hates you. He wants to destroy you, your children and your children's children. He's not your friend. He's a devil and he's your enemy. You better fight him. You better better stand. You better put on the whole arm of God. Because Satan wants to kill, steal, and destroy, according to the Gospel, John chapter 10, verse 10. Like Paul, our radically transformed lives are living proof of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Our radically transformed lives is living proof of the resurrection of Christ. Acts 9, 26 to 27 says, and when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. Beloved, like Paul, the power of our transformed lives is one of the most powerful evidences that Jesus rose from the dead. The fact that you are saved and living like you saved is evidence that Jesus rose from the dead. Paul was one of the greatest murderers against believers and was transformed into one of the greatest missionaries for Christ. Did you get that? Paul was one of the greatest murderers against believers And was transformed into one of the greatest missionaries for Christ. He was converted from a Christ hater into a lover of Christ and Christians. What a conversion. What transformation. Peter was transformed. He was radically transformed as well from being one of the greatest cowards into one of the greatest champions for Christ. Furthermore, we as believers are living examples of the transforming power of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are living example. Uh, Remember what you used to do? Remember what you used to say? Remember you sinned at will? Remember how you used to get drunk, mess around, sleep around, uh, whatever you did. Gamble all over the place, take advantage of folk. Hurt folk, mean, ornery, do your wife any kind of way, your husband any kind of way, your cuss all over the place, let pornography rule your life and all of a sudden God arrests you by his spirit and saved you by his grace. And when he saved you, he sanctified you. He sets you apart for His divine purposes. And when He saved you, the things you used to do, you can't do anymore. You try to get on the dance floor and you're slipping, fall. That's right He'll make you cry He'll make you jump He'll make you laugh I mean I mean, He makes you enjoy God And all that he has for you I thank God I'm transformed I like that old song that says I am redeemed huh? uh, Jesus has changed my whole life If anybody asks me just who I am I tell them I am redeemed The blood has cleaned me Amen And when the devil try to remind you of all that sinful past You remind that no good devil of his future He's damned to the lake of fire Get behind me saying that You telling me about my past Is not going to do a thing for me I know who I am and whose I am I'm redeemed I'm blood washed I'm a child of God I'm saved I'm saved sanctified. I'm on my way to heaven. Get out of my way, Satan. You're going to the pit and I'm going to heaven and no lie on earth can make me embrace what I used to be. You move on. Keep your eyes on Jesus knowing that you are heaven bound. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. In closing, Jesus was who he claimed to be. Jesus was who he claimed to be And the disciples did not die for a lie, but they were persecuted and even died because they believed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We must not become so familiar with the resurrection that we take it for granted. Uh, We must not come so familiar with with the resurrection that we lose our enthusiasm and excitement because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We must not become so familiar with with the resurrection that we fail to tell others of the good news of Jesus Christ. The resurrection of Jesus Christ declares Jesus to be God. The resurrection of Jesus Christ declares Jesus to be God. Romans 1, 4 says, and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Beloved, do you believe that Jesus is God? That's a question we need to ask as I close. Do you believe that Jesus is God? Do you believe that Jesus is Savior? The two greatest events in all of human history is the incarnation and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The two major events in all of human history is the incarnation and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What a savior. What a savior. What a savior. What a savior. I'm glad he was born. I'm glad he lived. And I'm glad he died. And most of all, I'm glad he rose. And I'm so glad he's coming back again. How many of you are glad he's coming back again? How many of you believe he's coming back again? It won't be long before we'll be leaving here. My God and my Lord and my Savior and my Redeemer and my Rock and my help, Helper is coming back again. And I believe with all my heart. I believe with all my soul. I believe with all my strength. And all Children said, blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this message on our resurrected Savior. You're so good. You're so loving and kind. Thank you, Lord. Help us not to take what you did for us for granted. Help us not to sit down on a resurrection. Help us not to do nothing in light of the resurrection. Father, because of the resurrection, we, we, should not lose our, we must not lose our fire, our passion. We must know who we are and whose we are. And people ought to look at us and take note that we have been with Jesus. Because they can see God in our lives. They can see God in our attitude. They can see God in our conversation. They can see God in our talk. They can see God in what we do and don't do because we're saved. We live like we saved as holy saints converted because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, and resurrection. And thank you for the marvelous truth that you're coming back again. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, amen. (laughs) Amen. Well, I preach my heart out because the resurrection of Christ is worth preaching your heart out. It is the foundation of the Christian faith. It is the capstone of the Christian faith. and Without the resurrection, everything we do for Christ is in vain. But because he rose and lived, we, too, can live in the reality of the resurrection. Be thankful. Give God the best of our service, the best of our attitude. Give God our time, our talents, and our treasures. And be thankful to the glory of God. You're here today, and you know not the Lord Jesus Christ. you here today, and you've wandered away you've lost your fire or you don't know him or the resurrection does not excite you anymore. You need to pray that God reignite the fire of God in your soul so that you can be on fire for God, passionate for God. It's too late. It's too much sin prevailing. The world is travailing, crisis after crisis after crisis, but we can live in hope and blessed assurance because of the resurrection. I pray, Lord, that you would move those who are here to Jesus. Father, you you were born, you lived, you suffered, you died, you were buried, you rose, and you're coming back. And yet some, by social media, via live stream, radio, all the platforms, and even here in person, they can't say they're safe without a doubt. As a matter of fact, they don't even have evidence emanating from their lives that they're born again, because born-again saints do born-again things. And it's not a resistance when it comes to coming to church, reading the Bible, praying, obeying you, submitting to you. Because death is so near. Young people die. Old people die. People of all races die. Socioeconomic status die. And they either die in Christ or out. And Father, it would break my heart to know that there's somebody under my voice who's been a member of the church for many years and yet die without Christ and end up in a terrible place called hell. Father, this is a wake-up call for us to get on fire, keep our eyes on Jesus, and persevere until you call us from labor to reward. You don't reward quitters, but those who are faithful. And people can't be faithful until
2: they're first saved. In Jesus' name, amen. located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas. Or call us at 210-821-5683. Join the Maranatha Bible Church family on Resurrection Sunday, April 9th, for our 8 a.m. Worship Celebration, Children's Program at 9.30 a.m. and 10.45 a.m. Worship Celebration as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, What a blessing it is to know that Christ Jesus lives today and every day.
0: Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.